0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to uh, Season 2 of Scripts on Scripture. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Backed by popular demand. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, so many people have said to me, Oh my Have gosh. Back on the show. That's
2: hilarious to me. <laughs> Listen, okay, so I know like this is what episode number four?
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. This is my first time I'm on the season. <laughs> Okay, I know, I so know, it's so crazy. Can we just give God a good <laughs> clap for the fact that we are in season two? My God, huh? And since we launched the first one, yes. you started your own. Oh my God, won't we do it? T- tell,
0: <laughs> the, tell the people about Off Mic with Ivory. Oh,
2: oh, wow, we're doing this. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, so I started a podcast called yep. Off Mic with Ivory. And basically, it's a podcast about life and worship. Mm-hmm. I'm a worship worship leader and it's basically the conversations that you want to have yes because you, but you go can't in. have you go in on the platform mic <laughs> so yes. that's why I call it off yes. mic even though I'm on a mic yeah technically, when I'm talking still. but whatever you yeah, understand you know,
0: it's, yeah, so yeah it's the idea yeah. That's like script on scripture technically this isn't supposed to be scripted exactly but that's it was a cool name so <laughs> and it wasn't taken <laughs> so. I'm screaming so someone called it <laughs> <laughs> and it better stick because I've got the mugs. So, well, anyways. <clears throat> um... <laughs> Listen.
2: Huh? All right. But congratulations so, so, on uh, uh, a great season one. Thank you. And here's H- to hey, season two. Here's to season two. My God.
0: <laughs> I'm actually I'm really excited to be talking today about Ruth because she's one that you and I have had. A number of mm-hmm. side conversations about, and she's one that's prominently featured in in my book,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Between the Lines. <laughs> Shameless plug, huh? You can't do it, but I'll do it for you. My God, it's Between the Lines. My God, by by Heather Preston. Discover what you're missing in the biblical story of women of faith. You should get it sold everywhere where books are sold. We bless God. Continue. <laughs> so, so. But
0: you and I have had a number of conversations about about Ruth and and faith. Mm-hmm. Just like when when you're not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Faith when it's very uncomfortable mm-hmm. or you're kind of questioning. Yeah. I love the character of Ruth because of, of the lessons associated with that.
2: Pause. I feel like yes! a lot of people love the story of Ruth because it's a love story.
0: Oh my gosh. That's literally why I ignored it for a very long time. <laughs> Literally, what? Wow. I always saw it as like this damsel in distress sto- story,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and 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 I was just kind of like, eh. like,
2: because eh. you're not. I mean, you're not really like <laughs> no. the romantic. <laughs> no, like, you'd be like, give me a football, <laughs> and I'm over here like, give me a rom com. <laughs>
0: I know when we got to pick out a movie about the only thing we agreed on was Hunger Games, yeah. and yeah,
2: <laughs> but it's got romance in it, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, anyway, and I was like,
0: You you snuck that one by me, so but it's like, but I think that I think that's how it's oftentimes taught, mm-hmm. at least that's how it was taught in Sunday school, mm-hmm. you know, because she's. She's seen as a victim. Mm -hmm. She's seen as she lost everything. She lost her husband. She leaves her homeland and and then is rescued by her kinsman redeemer. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that I feel like it's such a disservice to her. Yeah. And to the way that she is such an active agent Mm -hmm. of
2: faith. I feel like when I would read about Ruth, I never saw her as a damsel in distress. I saw her as a really strong... Well, then you saw it... Woman. Accurately. Very strong. Yeah. And almost... Yeah. Low-key... I don't know if I should say this. (laughs) It's just what came to my mind. Yeah. But, like, low-key, like, are you real? Because if it's me in that situation...
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Am I going to do the exact same thing that she did? Am I strong enough to do... Yeah. ...what she did? You know what I'm saying? And
0: I think, honestly, I think that scriptures... Show us the typical reaction because mm-hmm. that's Naomi,
2: right? That's Naomi, or the other one, Orpa.
0: Yeah, Orpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who goes running back to home, running back to comfort, running back to what she knows? But I'm, okay,
2: like, can we just be honest though? Like, I feel like Orpa, yeah. poor, poor thing.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh.
2: <laughs> Poor thing. Like, we really run her into the ground. Like, she's a terrible person because she went back home. But I mean, what would you do? (laughs) It's it's
0: so human. The chances of having any semblance of a life... Okay, right. so let's let's go back. Yeah. For those of yeah, you yeah. who don't know the story, because I feel like, you know, you and I could keep yeah, going Yeah, give them the context. But the context of the story. So Naomi and her husband, Elimelech,
1: mm-hmm.
0: left Bethlehem because Bethlehem was experiencing a season of famine. Right. So they go to Moab, make a life for themselves there. Their daughters take Moabite wives and they, you know, they start a life there. Naomi's husband dies and so do both of her sons. We have to kind of assume a couple of things here because Ruth isn't said to have any children. Orpah isn't said to have any children. Right. So they're really going to have to start all over. They're going to have to find new husbands because at that time, you know, for for a woman, that was the only way to have a a livelihood. The Moabites and the Israelites do not get along. At all. No. No, there's a bad, bad history uh, between them. I love getting into the context, so I'll go a little bit there, but I don't want to get too far into it. The story goes back all the way to Abraham Mm -hmm. and his brother Lot. They separate at a point where Lot is kind of looking more for prosperity, and so Abraham gives him his choice. Lot... Chooses the land of Moab, mm-hmm. and Abraham goes the other direction. So they separate. If you remember, things do not go well for Lot.
2: Actually, he went to Sodom and Gomorrah.
0: You're right. You're right. You're right. Just
2: outside of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. Yes. And- <laughs> but Moab is associated with all of that, so it carries yeah. all of that. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, <laughs> you gonna tell the story? Let me it tell it, the story go go because for it. okay. So they. <laughs> so Lot decides he's gonna go and settle just outside of Sodom and Gomorrah because it looks like green oh yeah the the land is rich whatever so amen but somehow he ends up in sodom and Mm -hmm. gomorrah the city is extremely sinful
0: oh massively
2: extremely sinful Mm -hmm. and so at a certain time god is like we're done yeah right yeah this is the ivory international version (laughs) and so he sends his angels yeah to go and he's going to destroy the land. So he sends the angels to go take Lot and his family out. Mm-hmm. Lot is, like, hesitant to leave. And the angel's like, we finna destroy this place Do now.
0: not even you turn You have to around. get out no and goodbyes. don't look back. Mm-mm.
2: Period. <laughs> I'm, like, skipping a lot. Go back and read your Bibles. But... <laughs> Seriously. Angels literally have to take them by the hand and drag them out of the city. Yeah. But as fire is raining down mm-hmm. from heaven, mm-hmm. Lot's wife looks back. She, she gets turned immediately into a pillar of salt. Yes. Right? So now yes. Lot and his two daughters. Yep. They end up going to like a mountain area. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Hiding the...
0: in caves and right. stuff. Yeah.
2: They ain't got no kids. Nope. And so the oldest, is it the oldest or the younger Whichever one. One of the daughters said, Look, we ain't got no husbands, we ain't got no kids, so this is what we finna do. hmm We're mm-hmm. gonna make our father drunk. Yep. This is like ugh. Oh yeah. Oh. We're gonna make our father drunk. Yep. I'ma am I'm going to go and do the thing thing. hmm Okay. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, yep, we we'll get daddy drunk again.
0: Then you you go in and then do it's thing, your turn. thing Mm-hmm.
2: This is gross.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you if you want drama and like like I'm talking, like oh, Judge Judy court style. The Bible's rich. The Bible has everything. It's no chill.
2: Like no chill.
0: I, yeah, like Game of Thrones ain't got nothing. Like the Bible has facts. All that.
2: So anyway, yeah. so the 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 children from these from that yes is Moab, is Moab right?
0: So the Israelites they they're they're essentially disgusted by Moab. Right. However. The men of Israel continually fall for the Moabite women. And throughout the course of history, Moabite women get blamed for leading mm-hmm. the Israelite men astray because they bring in their gods. Right. And they bring in all of these other rituals and customs that, that are
2: totally against... Like children's sacrifice. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. So you have all of this stuff associated with Moab. When an ancient audience first is reading Ruth, Ruth isn't going to be looked at as the hero of the story. Right. Like, you introduce a Moabite woman, they're going to be like, ah, villain. Right. Get rid of her immediately. Right. If you know the story of Ruth, it turns out that she is the the heroine of the story. She Mm -hmm. is the woman of faith. She is the one that steps out when others would have stepped back. But, you know, when they first meet Ruth, that's not going to be their assumption. Right. So we have to go into it kind of going, okay, what is the point then? What is the point that's being made in choosing a character that's so far out of the realm of experience? Expectation, mm-hmm. So it starts out in a, in kind of a dramatic way. Cause you have Naomi acknowledging that she's kind of lost her faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's kind of a dystopian type setting where, mm-hmm. where she's, she's saying God's
2: turned away from me, which I get though. Yeah. Like she's taken out of her homeland, which she's known all of her life and she has to follow her husband. They go to Moab. Mm-hmm. And now she's lost her husband. Mm-hmm. Now she's lost both her sons. She has nothing left. Well,
0: and you have to figure, too, that she left the people of God. Right. And, and so she would have been in a community that would not have been necessarily welcoming of or encouraging her right. in her faith. There would not have been a temple to, to, you know, a place, a a tent of meeting, a a place to gather and worship and things like that. So there's presumably years that she's been estranged Mm -hmm. from her people and from celebrating God for who he is. Mm -hmm. And so I'd imagine that when tragedy hits, Mm -hmm. she's probably been, you know, kind of a complacent christian and i'm not saying that you know they committed apostasy or walked away from god completely or anything like that i'm just saying that that she would have been rather isolated yeah other than her husband and her two sons we don't really know that she had anyone who was encouraging in her her in her faith right and so when tragedy hits she's probably at a weak spot
2: oh absolutely
0: so she does she she tells them that she's she's really lost her faith and um, and and like I said before, Orpa decides to go back home, which honestly, like I said, she does get kind of wrung out. Oh my god! <laughs> but but it's really the logical thing to do. It is. It is. To go back home. Go back to your parents. Well, we have to figure she was probably pretty young too.
2: Oh yeah, because they got married very young. They got young. married at teenagers. Oh. I'm gonna present this to you. Tell me what you think. Yeah okay <laughs> i feel like ruth was ready to go maybe and i i don't we don't know we mm-hmm. don't know the full story i'm just assuming i'm just presuming based on scripture and what yeah. she says later on yeah. to naomi when they're leaving moab maybe ruth was like had come to the end of her own faith in where she was coming yes. from. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. And and maybe she saw something. Yeah. in Naomi that gave her that hope. Yeah. That that push to be like I'm going to literally turn my back. Yeah. on my family. Yeah. my childhood. Yeah. my home. Yeah. and go follow you and make your God my God.
0: Well, and I have to think about Milan, her husband. What had he told her? Right. About God. Mm -hmm. Because clearly she'd absorbed enough. Mm -hmm. Because like you said... She makes a decision, and in her statement, in her, her famous words, "Your God will be my God, you know, Your people will be my people." That um, that if you've been in church much at all, you've heard that verse. Right. It, she actually imprecates herself. She actually makes a legal obligation to Naomi. She 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 pledges. She it's 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 a it's a legal term. Mm-hmm. She's committing her life. The Lord deal with me ever so severely if I turn away. And I have to wonder, like you said, what what was it? that was the turning point for her what did you know what did she pick up from him or or from Naomi but you know she she had to have gleaned enough right to make a life-altering decision because truly what she was walking into in Bethlehem
2: mm. was nothing my mind is going because now because my <laughs> I literally thought of the scripture like many are called few are chosen Few are chosen like Orpah yeah did it shoot like she Everybody's called, but not everybody's chosen. Right. Maybe not everybody's called. I don't know if that's biblically correct. <laughs> don't shoot me. Fam. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but like, I feel like, doesn't, it? didn't Jesus say like, no man can come into the Father except, except by me. Except by me. And we all know, like, Ruth is in the lineage. Absolutely. Of Jesus. Mm-hmm. God was yep. calling her. She don't yep. know that. No. You know, but... God was calling her because there was there was it wasn't just what was happening in that day, but there was absolutely. there was Jesus absolutely. was coming absolutely. <laughs> you know, well, and
0: she becomes she becomes a kind of Abraham to the Gentiles because she wasn't part of the Israelites, mm-hmm. like right. she wasn't part of the chosen people, mm-hmm. but she was called to play a role that would that would showcase mm-hmm. that God wasn't. Choosing people based on blood relatives, right, based on earthly lineage, he was choosing people who were called by faith mm-hmm. and and Ruth demonstrates that in a huge way, everything had fallen apart in terms of her life and her well being mm-hmm. and she chooses to go to Bethlehem, and what that was ultimately choosing was homelessness, yeah I mean that's what she she signs up for. In order to follow God, she knows she has to leave Moab, but that means homelessness. Right. And and that I mean that in of itself, it's like we start to read her reception in Moab. Mm. It's over and over again to the point where
2: in Bethlehem, you mean, oh, Bethlehem. Sorry, yeah.
0: yeah. Over and over again to the point where you you actually feel sorry for her. She's called a foreigner so many times.
2: Ruth the Moabitess. Ruth, Ruth, Ruth the, the Moabitess. Ruth from the land of Moab,
0: the foreigner. <laughs> I mean you go like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> this poor girl, we get it. She's it's gonna- like Rahab the Harlot. Yes!
2: The- Rahab the Ho. Right like every like all Rah- the
0: time. Rahab the prostitute. <laughs> like, whoa! We get it, okay? <laughs> Obviously, we're supposed to notice that. That's not a repetition there. We're supposed to see that that she's not one of them. But you have to kind of put yourself in her shoes. Mm-hmm. What would it have felt like like you and I have both experienced being the outsider? We don't have <laughs> we both <laughs> and I feel like sometimes you can feel really unseen
1: mm-hmm.
0: It's always the weaknesses, the flaws mm-hmm. that it feels like are just on blast. Mm-hmm. That's just something that's very very human mm-hmm. to where you. You don't feel noticed for your good things. You feel noticed for your flaws, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine how Ruth would have felt in this instance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, <laughs> I was telling Rachel before, um, this happened pretty recently when I was when I was traveling. <laughs> it was kind of a crazy day at the airport. My flight got canceled, and they had one option available, but it was a connecting flight in all the way in Philadelphia and didn't leave for hours. So I was going to be kind of stranded at the airport until I could get on the connecting flight, all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, I'm, you know, trying to be productive. I'm, I'm hustling. I'm getting really worn out cause it's, it's, it's getting late right. and I had, um, I had thrown my neck out. And so, traveling in itself was really exhaustive i kept having to find an outlet so i could put my neck pillow that heats up
1: and so oh, that i could okay. like <laughs> yeah
0: make the muscles relax and like you just started to feel like like kind of like a little ogre i mean <laughs> by the time i got to philly the hair was no longer presentable like it's up in a messy sloppy bun i was ragged um and uh, i get into philadelphia and i smell this amazing smell and it's a cheesesteak place my gates all the way at the end of the terminal but i'm like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna treat myself. I'm gonna get me a, a cheesesteak. We're gonna have fun. So I stop and I get it. It smells amazing. I'm like, this is gonna be good. And I'm rushing to get to my gate and I'm like, oh, I forgot to grab something to drink. And so um I go to get a water bottle and I walk up to the counter. And the lady behind the counter, she's like kinda looking at me funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and I'm like, What what? And I look down. So I have on this big hoodie, and so it hadn't soaked through yet she so didn't realize it until she looked at me weird and the juice from the cheesesteak no. is just running down oh. I mean it's like it was oh, everywhere no. and so she looks at me and she goes you look like a mess
2: well dang <laughs> thank you Captain Obvious appreciate your ministry and just letting me know I was, that I look a good hot mess appreciate like, you
1: look at <laughs>
0: Thank you
2: oh my goodness i'm gonna go
0: be one with my humiliation now and hey <laughs> i'll tell you this though i was so hungry i didn't even go clean up first i just sat down and ate my cheesesteak
2: people are mean i just saying
0: <sighs> i did the best i could with a tie bin but i looked a hot mess but anyways so the, <laughs> the point is like it's just on the outside you know that was that was what was clearly mm-hmm. visible to everyone mm-hmm. and Ruth, on the outside that 's all people see
1: mm-hmm.
0: It's just a mobite. just a just a foreigner who you know comes from a long line of terrible women who lead their men astray not not the not the heart that god sees right she's she's not the strong woman of faith God sees to everyone else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's interesting when we get to the point where um, Boaz enters the scene, who's mm-hmm. the essentially the love story.
2: <sighs> the man of God. <laughs>
0: okay. So when we get to that point, what's interesting is what he notices. And I, and I wanted to read a little bit in in chapter two, unless you have a story of... Humiliation? You want to share
2: with no? (laughs) We don't.
0: You got this, Heather. You got this. You got this. Good. I why 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 is it whenever it's like
2: when you're trying to think of the the moments of humiliation, like you can't think of anything, and then when you go home, it's like oh, they come running.
0: Wow, running back to. I had a lot of material (laughs) that I didn't use seriously. So we're in chapter two here. So Ruth is out in the field collecting scraps left behind by the workers who are, it's harvest season. So they're, she's collecting the scraps that they leave behind. Um, of wheat. Yeah. It's essentially, it's essentially like, I make the analogy in my book. It's essentially like someone collecting cans in present day. You're collecting what others have left behind to make a profit, to feed yourself, and it's not glamorous. Mm-hmm. It's not looked upon highly. In fact, she she might have been treated very badly had she gone in somebody else's field. It was mm-hmm. kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? And the overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. See how many times he can insert it in that sentence? She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So he's clearly been keeping an eye.
2: He's been watching.
0: And and it's interesting to me that what he notes is how hard she's been working. Boaz goes even further. So he invites her to lunch at his table. Mm -hmm. He's aware she's... A Moabite woman. Mm -hmm. Like, she's a foreigner. Mm -hmm. He's being gracious to allow her to, you know, harvest in his field. He doesn't have to invite her to lunch, but he does. And this is what he notices about her. When he invites her, she's pretty overwhelmed with gratitude. And he replies, I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. And he says, may the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded by the God of Israel under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And then she sits down at lunch and there are a few other instances where he mentions her bravery. Mm-hmm. He mentions her generosity. He mentions her work ethic. Like he praises her. And it's interesting to me because obviously other people weren't getting that. They, that's not the read they had on
1: her. Mm-hmm.
0: His overseer who who's... Clearly, been been watching does mm-hmm. observe those things, but but Boaz goes even further.
2: But you got, but we got to talk about why though. Yeah,
0: let's Cause go Because what's
2: what's in Boaz's lineage? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Rahab. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
2: Isn't that like his grandmother or something?
0: Yeah, that's true. Rahab
2: the harlot.
0: <laughs> Another outsider. Yeah. Now, Isn't that interesting? It
2: is interesting because it's like. Rahab was another one that was that was called and chosen. Yes. God could have just We talked about this in, in season 1. Another brave woman
0: who left her people. Left
2: her people. Left her home. And God called her out, mm-hmm. saved her life, spared mm-hmm. her life, and she's grafted in. Yep. to the lineage of Jesus. Yep. But she's also Boaz's like grandmother.
0: Yes, that's true. That's absolutely so true. So maybe
2: Boaz saw his grandmother being treated, you know, you know, based on Her heritage...
0: Yes. Has an eye for the outsider. Isn't it interesting when God uses instances, experiences from your past Mm -hmm. to allow you to see someone else in a way that others don't? Yes.
2: Oh, yes. So, okay. This has nothing to do with like (laughs) lineage or whatever, but like I'm a very emotional and sensitive person, Mm -hmm. okay? And I have dealt with depression and because I have... And still do, just being yeah. honest. Because I have, I can recognize when somebody yes. is going through the same thing. Yes. It's like I can feel it. Yes. I can, sen- I can sense it. Yes. Be- based on my experiences Absolutely. In the past.
0: And depression is a spirit. A spirit mm-hmm. of depression. When mm-hmm. you've battled that before, you recognize that enemy. You would never want someone to go through that. Right. You wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy, I'm sure. But at the same time, it can be used by you in a way that other people aren't going to see it.
2: Right. Because you can see that person. And when, when other people wouldn't see, they just see someone else Mm -hmm. like, Oh, they're just, they just look downcast or whatever. But like I can recognize something and then minister to that person. Yeah. Because I see it and other people don't see it. And
0: other people are missing it. It's part of this life that we can often, we can often miss and it makes it, it makes you kind of resist the struggle. Mm. You know, it's human nature mm-hmm. to to not want mm-hmm. to go through hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you do, the ability you have to come alongside someone else. And hardships are inevitable. Yeah. But you think about it in terms of like grief.
1: Yeah.
0: I couldn't, I couldn't minister to somebody who was grieving right before right but after losing daddy you see things differently differently Mm -hmm. totally differently Mm -hmm. and the things that you say the way that you respond to somebody Mm -hmm. is totally
1: different Mm -hmm.
0: because all of a sudden you're the one being told God has a plan (laughs) and it's like Okay, thank you.
2: Thank you, Captain. August. For the
0: church answer. Appreciate it. I didn't need that <laughs> right now. <laughs> Going to go talk to anyone else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but at the same time, if you haven't experienced that, you are prone to say all the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Because you haven't experienced it. Mm-hmm. You can't articulate. And, and there are some things that can't be articulated. Just surely knowing that this person has gone through that or experience that yeah. is a comfort. Mm-hmm. You just being beside me, having walked through that and, and sitting there with me, not mm-hmm. even saying anything. Right. But the fact that, that, you know what I've been through, what mm-hmm. I'm going through, mm-hmm. what I'm walking through is comfort. Mm-hmm. It's comfort that you can't really express. I'm I sure it like, would have been
2: a comfort to Ruth to know that, you know, when she got married to Boaz, yeah, to know his his heritage, yeah. his, linea- his yeah. lineage, like, oh, so you're not like full-blooded Hebrew it, either, right? So like you understand, like you get it, you get it. God be making the right matches. And Boaz,
0: Boaz, let's just let's just be real. Boaz is rich. Boaz, we
2: bless God, huh?
0: Boaz, Boaz has a lot of land. Um, he's he's very. Uh, well off the Bible makes it pretty clear more than that in terms of being being you know the perfect match for Ruth
1: mm-hmm.
0: he has that commonality with yeah. her. Yep. Because let's be real, like when you're actually doing life with someone, the shared experiences, that's what really matters. Yeah. Like you can make a lot work. But if you have if you have no common ground, no common you know, experiences, no shared experiences. That's that's where you're you're gonna have a real tough time of yeah. it. I think that the way that we define ourselves versus how God defines us is another thing that Ruth really exemplifies because she recognizes that Earth is not where she belongs. But mm-hmm. it's a hard thing sometimes, I think, to live that out, our existence, and and our fitting in isn't the ultimate goal i don't know like i was never the popular kid i was always Me neither. Yeah, I was, I was always the one that didn't fit in always and and stuck out like a sore thumb
2: <laughs> literally I, I, i'm 6-1 I,
0: I, I had a conversation not long ago it was actually a good friend of mine her brother and um we had, uh, we had lived in the same town for, for years while I was in middle school and then some of high school and then they moved away, but I would still come visit. And, um, and we were talking the one day and he's like, you know, I remember when you would come visit, but sometimes I forget that you lived, you know, in this other town. And I laughed and I said, it's because I was like the most unpopular person in the whole town, I said you wouldn't have seen me anywhere because I wasn't invited. So it's just to me, I'm like I started laughing because I'm like I'm like yeah, of course you don't. Like we
2: didn't hang out because you, you had friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder. I wonder if Ruth cared. Uh-huh. I wonder if that was I like. I feel like. I mean, I don't know. This is purely conjecture on my part. I just, I just kind of put myself in her shoes. Like, if I'm gonna leave my home, yeah, and go to a place where I know I'm not gonna be accepted because of what I am, that I have the boldness to go to the gleaners' field, yeah, and glean, yeah, knowing full well I'm probably gonna be treated badly. Like, maybe fitting in was not like,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Like, I don't think she cared. I, I kind of wonder. Either. I don't know.
0: From reading the story. I've read it many times, especially when I was writing it. Because, you, you know, you really have to go in on it. And it's not that long. Mm-hmm. Like, I would encourage anyone to go and read it. Read yeah, it just a few a times. Chapters. It's really, like, four chapters. And, um, and they're not long chapters either. And it's very well written. Mm-hmm. It's actually a, a crazy advanced literary work for the time that it was written. Because it reads more like a modern story. From reading her character repeatedly, it just seems to me from what she's willing to do. That yeah, it wasn't on the top of her priority list to fit in. Yeah. It it really it really wasn't. Even even when she goes to propose to Boaz, which is like one of the most crazy proposals I've ever read in my life. When she goes to propose to him, that wouldn't have been something like that's not a custom for anyone else, you know. But she does it. And I, and I just have to think like, no, she, she must not have really been too concerned about fitting in because everything that she does in the story is pretty counterintuitive.
2: I feel like she had her, her mind set on things above.
0: Yeah, she had to. I feel like she
2: had to just set her mind on, on God. Yeah. And like, she made him her God, Mm-hmm. you know? So
0: yeah. Like she was all in.
2: She was all in.
0: In terms of logistics, it would have made her look kind of foolish. hundred percent. Because, I mean, girl, you know if you'd have gone back home, you're young. You'd get remarried.
2: She's not expecting to get married when she gets no, to No, that's the thing. Because she knows they're not going to marry. They don't want her. She knows they don't want her.
0: She just, she pledges allegiance to
2: the God of Naomi. I don't know why I had a sudden urge to just... <laughs> Because you said that. she pledged allegiance. My I, mind went I, to, I pledge allegiance to the flag. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Too
0: many, too many school years. <laughs> Triggered. Uh, so, yeah, she would not have been ignorant of the fact that she wouldn't be wanted. She would not have been ignorant of the fact that finding a husband would be next to impossible in Bethlehem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, God had that worked out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that oftentimes we get caught up in what, what is my life supposed to look like? You know, and we have all these earmarks of where I'll be at this age and where I'll be at that.
2: Let's move on, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we really
0: feel... <laughs> I mean, that's human nature. Mm-hmm. And I think especially in today's age, you expect to be a certain place by a certain time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously our time on Earth is, is linear. Right. And so there's a limited amount of time to accomplish those things, right? And and yeah, and there's a sense of urgency to 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 get to all those earmarks. And I think that a lot of times, you know, the standard is got to be married by this age, got to have x amount of kids by this age, got to be here in my career at this age, you know, got to be saving for retirement and having done this, this, and this. And it's like,
2: child, I told God, I was, I, I, I told God. At 26, Lord. At 26, Lord, we're going to be married. My God, we're going to have kids. Okay? We're going to have a house at some point. Don't have to be in the 20s. But we're going to have a house. Right? If you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plans.
0: Oh, it's so true. <laughs> or to be like, I will. Because n- I, I, I I, was the opposite. I was like, I'm not going to have kids. Kids weigh you down. Kids, kids, kids. It's about
2: to turn into another podcast. Okay, <laughs> <Anyway>, keep going.
0: <laughs> but I literally I was like, no, no, I'm gonna travel. I'm gonna I'm gonna go all kinds of places. You know, the money I make is gonna go into nice clothes and and, and I'm gonna see the world. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna see the world. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that with three kids. <laughs> Not easily, anyways. We will get to travel. We will get to travel. <laughs> but we adopted passion in 2016 and I told God I was good with one mm. and the only child and God was, was like, Oh, that's, that's, that's nice. cute. It's <laughs> 2018. <laughs> here, here comes my second. In <laughs> 2021, here comes the third. I've stopped telling God that I'm done. Yeah.
2: Because <laughs> that would be wise. That would be wisdom. Cause I feel like God be like Loki, like he'd be waiting for us yeah, to be waiting. like, I'm never. And like, God be like, what, what'd you
0: say? Yeah. What'd you say? She said it. Come on, guys,
2: let's go. Some of us are gonna be like, "Well, I'm never gonna get married." Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be like, "Stop it. Just stop." It. Just stop. It doesn't work like that.
0: Reverse psychology right. doesn't work like, on me. Right? Are you serious? Yeah, come on. I tried. Yeah, it, it was worth a try. No, I mean it's it's so true though because I I think that we all have in our heads what, what our life is supposed to look like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's an idea. But the thing is, the thing that that I keep coming back to mm-hmm. and I think that especially the more I learn, the, the older I get, I realize that I realize, well, how little I actually know for one thing. But also, how little I know myself. Mm. And that for me is like been really humbling mm-hmm. because when God tells us how well he knows us, mm-hmm. it's so that we will depend on him to reveal to us who he's created us to be. Yep. But see, I, I don't think I got that until <laughs> a lot, lot later than I would have liked. You know, we want to self-discover And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and and especially like in college and things like that, that's Mm -hmm. all all you talk about, you know?
2: Let me tell you, self-discovery is for the birds. (laughs) It's for the birds. We don't time for this. Just tell me, God, what I need to learn.
0: But that takes the faith that Ruth shows Mm -hmm. in total dependence and total trust in God. Yeah. For him to tell you and for you to actually believe what he's saying about you.
2: Well, she has no choice. Right. She has no choice but to depend on God. And like at she the end has of the nothing. Day, we don't either. That is <laughs> because in rich America, yeah, it's so easy for us to just be out here, just living our lives. Hundred percent. Like we don't need anything. Uh-huh. We got this. I'm That's the rhetoric, right? Like oh, I got yes. this. You got this. Well, yeah. We got you this.
1: You do
0: you. And As then life you know be
2: Oh yeah. Life comes. Yeah. And now you're kind of knocked to your knees. Yeah. Because now you're at the end of yourself. Exactly. It's like now you realize the depth of your humanity and your frailty. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and God was standing here the whole time. Like, I was kind of waiting for you to get to this dependency. Waiting
0: for you to finally ask. Right. Self-discovery is when you are finally willing to surrender what your plans Mm -hmm. were. Mm Mm-hmm. And not just, like, in terms of your career choice or, you know, to marry or not to marry or to have kids or not to have kids, just who you even are. Yeah. And ask God, you know me better than I know myself, and I trust you enough to tell me who I am.
1: Because
0: mm. that's, that's a hard thing to do. I think a lot of times we, we look to other people or even the world to tell us, who we are.
1: Mm-hmm. We look at
0: things we like, or we don't like to tell us who we are,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that, I don't think that's biblical. I think that God is saying, look to me in that trust that I, I know what's best for you, that I know it's going to fulfill you. And all those things that you're chasing, they won't matter anymore. Once you grasp who you actually are in me, mm-hmm. None of that's going to matter anymore. Mm-hmm. You won't even have a taste for it anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like the the whole comparison game. Man, it gets so easy. I hate it. It gets so easy to get tripped up over, oh, it really looks like you know they're living the good life. The good life. And it's like, okay, but at the end of the day, is it actually fulfilling them? Is it actually what they were meant to do
2: and who cares
0: oh yeah and not only that but even if they are enjoying it even if they are having a grand old time if they're not in the purpose and the calling that god put Mm -hmm. in them them not fulfilling their purpose and their calling is going to cost somebody else
2: i hear you and i'm also like who cares (laughs) because because like that's their journey yeah If they're if they're if they're living this life and they living the best life and they walking on wine whatever you know, God bless you. Yeah. But I I have to instead of like, I have to take my eyes and my focus off Mm -hmm. of what anybody else is doing. Yeah. And just be like, God, I know it's it's going great for them, but you also have good things Mm -hmm. in store for me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm tired of being concerned about what so and so is doing. Absolutely. I'm tired of being concerned and and then comparing my life and my journey to so and so. I'm not so and so. Absolutely. But I have to trust. I think that's the part that we get tripped up is in comparison it's we are afraid that God doesn't have good for us. Yes,
0: exactly. Exactly. Or that he doesn't he doesn't know what we want. Right. And 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 not just that like I think, I think that a lot of times it's, it's almost like I'm going to be disappointed with what you chose and, and, and I'm not going to get to do the thing I wanted to do over here. But, but the, but that's the thing. Once we are free from comparison mm-hmm. and it's a daily struggle, but once we're free from that, it's a freedom like no other. Yeah. I mean, it's like when, when scripture tells us whom the son has set free, it's free indeed. Is free indeed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and it's like that extra level where you're not thinking anymore in terms of, of what you get to do or don't get to do. Right. It's like you matter more than that. Right. You matter more than what you had in mind for your life. Your life is infinitely more valuable than that. And God knows that yeah. and wants to connect your life to eternal significance but as long as you're holding on to the temporal, that can't happen. It's just like Ruth. If she had held on to the temporal, to go in and find another husband and having kids and living out the life that, you know, would have been ordinary. Mm-hmm. If she'd have held on to that, her life would not have attached itself to something of internal significance. Right. And that's what God wanted to do. But it was going to look drastically different than I'm sure she would have imagined.
2: Yeah. So... That's where the faith comes in. Absolutely. Even when Naomi
1: mm-hmm.
2: comes up with this <laughs> elaborate and crazy proposal.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I couldn't have been Ruth, okay? Because it would have been a hard no. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely not. The
0: plan is no. kind of bizarre. No. Because
2: mm-hmm. here's the thing. And I, just want, I, I want to present this, right? The difference between trust and faith.
1: Because mm-hmm. sometimes
2: I think we think... The two are synonymous. I actually don't think they're synonymous. I
1: agree. Because
2: I feel like faith, trust is, I've seen you do this in the past, so I know you will do it in the future. Mm -hmm. Faith. Come on. You might not know. Like, you might not know. You
0: might have never seen it.
2: You might not have never seen it. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to believe. Yep. I don't know. But I'm just going to believe. Yep. Yep. She didn't really like know God like that. Uh
1: uh-uh. uh. You know uh-uh. what I'm saying?
2: Like, she didn't have like past experiences no. to stand on. Like, no. I, you did this, God, and nope. I trust that, and I know you're going to do it in the future. She didn't no. know? No. She didn't no. know? So when Naomi comes up with this elaborate scheme, she's like, I just have to put my faith.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's the action. And faith should always be accompanied by action.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Lazy Christianity is an oxymoron. Yeah. Faith should always be accompanied by action. I wanted to read a verse from James because mm-hmm. James talks a lot about this. And and you have to figure James is way after, you know history-wise, way after Ruth. Okay, so Ruth is, predates this verse by a lot, but is nonetheless the exact same message mm-hmm. being conveyed, which is something that is so powerful about scripture. But in James chapter 2 verse 8 18 he says but some will say you have faith i have deeds show me your faith without deeds and i will show you my faith by my deeds mm. and then this verse is is pretty strong this is this is so james you believe that there is one god good even the demons believe that no
2: chill. no chill no <laughs>
0: chill <laughs> no no you can feel the like the fervor behind his pen as he's writing this because he's, he's talking to the church and he's getting all on their case because he's like, you, you can't separate those two. No, we are not saved by works. That is absolutely true. We're saved by grace. There's no amount of works that we could possibly do to uh, achieve salvation. Mm -hmm. However, faith should always be accompanied by Uh, deeds. If you're not living out what you say, then you're all talk. Yeah you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Like that is, there's no middle ground for that. That's what Ruth shows us. Mm -hmm. That's what Ruth shows us. And like, I know for me personally, I mean, I'm saying this, I've, I've experienced this. I have experienced a point in my life where I said I was a Christian. I had accepted Jesus, but when I actually stepped back and evaluated my life I came to the hard realization that I wasn't living what I believed, what I said I believed. It was all lip service. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. Because if we say we believe this message of truth, if we say we believe Christ died, rose again, did all of these things to save us from ourselves, but we're not doing anything about it. And I'm not just talking about good works. I mean, like, the principles... And the the truth of his word, if we're not living those out in everyday life and applying them, it's lip service. Mm -hmm. And that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's really, really dangerous. Because in a relationship, in any relationship, I think about my relationship with, with, with my husband. If all we did was occasionally talk and there was nothing else done, you don't have a healthy relationship. Like you don't have a healthy marriage by just occasionally talking to one another. Right. Like, no, no. There are things that he does and I do, um, even just little things that on a daily basis strengthen one another, encourages w- one another. I there was a a reel I saw Jackie Hill Perry, love her. It was oh, one I'm of obsessed. those. I know, same. It was one of those conversations um that she was having they were talking about whether or not you could be unequally yoked and she was talking about the danger of of being married to somebody who wasn't living out their faith mm. because she was talking about how you are essentially just leaving the door wide open yeah i saw that video i, I was i was watching it i literally watched it like three times <laughs> because i was like that is so so good right. so powerful because
2: because it's true. Because you're supposed to be covering me. You're supposed to be protecting yes. me, looking out for me, you know what I'm saying? This is not a passive like, thing. Like, fight something. You yeah. need to fight something.
0: <laughs> but I'm like, but it's the same thing when it comes to our relationship with God. If we aren't active in our pursuit and in our, in, in our daily life, actively being devoted to him, it's not real. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of like just playing a game, mm-hmm. you know? and and expecting him to swoop in on your behalf but you're not doing anything to reciprocate right and and that's i feel like that's one of the most dangerous forms of christianity because that's where people can construct their nice little neat bubble and misrepresent the heart of god cuz the heart of god gets really messy look at ruth
1: mm.
0: it gets really messy i mean over and over stories over and over and over it gets messy. Look yeah. at David's life, mm-hmm. man after God's own heart. But you've got all kinds of drama and, and mess mm-hmm. everywhere. You've got, uh, Abraham, the f- one of the first, and I mean the forefather and, and he's, you know, this, this superhuman like character in scripture, but all kinds of mess. He's lying to Pharaoh. He's, you know, <laughs> he's sleeping with his servant. Like you, you got all kinds of mess, but that was part of his faith journey. And, and, and God was with him every step of the way. God never leaves.
2: That's the, that's the encouraging part is like, it's a faith journey. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to always get it. Mm -mm. You're going to have seasons where it sucks. Absolutely. You're going to have seasons where it's hard, hard, right? You're going to mess up. You're going to fail. Yeah. But like you keep going. Mm hmm. That's, that's also the action, right?
0: Absolutely. Is
2: to keep going. Because
0: again, with faith, you're not always going to see it.
2: Exactly. And God, but God walks with you Mm -hmm. through it. Yeah. So even when you see all these (laughs) seemingly failures, um, in scripture, (laughs) but like God still walks with them through it. Absolutely. And God is aware we don't always get it.
0: Right. Of course he's aware. He's aware. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He's aware we don't always get it. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think that that his heart of mercy, we underestimate.
2: Yeah.
0: His heart of grace, we underestimate. Because I think sometimes we want to seem like we've got it all
2: together. I know I do. Oh, God. Listen, I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to make people think that I have it I all mean, together. Because I, I don't.
0: I don't. I, I don't. Newsflash. I mean, I was covered in a cheesesteak all the way through the Philly airport. <laughs> That's
2: hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's exhausting trying to get people to think that you have it all together. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. But
0: thank the Lord. He is so patient. Patient.
2: Full so of patient. Grace and mercy.
0: And and, and and is right there in all my hot mess self I'm inspired by that to work harder mm. I think about I think about the kind of relationship that you have as like you remember like as a kid the first time people started talking about boyfriends and girlfriends and you know they might have notes in class occasionally maybe sat together at lunch but like
2: we're totally giving our age but but because they don't do that these days okay
0: okay the well,
2: passing of the notes
0: the the minimal <laughs> amount of effort is what i'm pointing to thank you
2: ivory you're welcome <laughs> That's what i'm here for back by popular.
0: <laughs> you, know, you know what might as well just start talking about a messenger
2: oh my god <laughs> I still have the same screen name that I had yes. back in 1998. What
0: is it? What is it? What is it? We're not telling you. Oh, man. To, for the masses to be like, You tell me later. No. You tell me later. <laughs> um, yes. I'm talking about the minimal amount of effort at that immature stage in life where relationship status mm-hmm. is is such a small thing. Yeah. And, and, and not well understood. You know, you don't really know what that even means. Right. And I think that um, a lot of times as Christians, you know, you make this declaration of faith, you call yourself a Christian, but you're still in that immature relationship stage. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The minimal amount of effort, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of like, yeah, that's our label. Mm -hmm. But you're not really committed. You're not really devoted. You're Mm -hmm. not really sacrificing anything Mm -hmm. in order to wear that label. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, um, I think that honestly, if we were honest and actually evaluated our stage in, in our relationship with Christ, we've got some growth.
2: But here's how faithful God is, mm-hmm. because scripture says that he who began a good work is faithful to mm-hmm. complete it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And God is more committed to yep. this relationship than we are to it. Mm-hmm. So what God's going to do, he's going to throw life at you. <laughs>
0: So true. Or he's just
2: going to, I don't want to say that. Going
0: to allow. He's
2: going to allow life to come at you. Yes. And now that's going to force you to do one of two things. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. maybe one of three things. Yeah. Go back. Yes. Stand still. Or go deeper. Or
0: go deeper. And Ruth, she goes deeper. She goes deeper. Life hit. She lost her husband. She lost her security. And she understood that in a relationship Proximity is essential.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, when, when we were first dating, when, when my husband and I were, were first dating, we were long distance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Proximity is so important. Yeah, Long distance sucks. It's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And it does, it does grow you in ways that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. However, proximity in a relationship is so important. That's something that Ruth understood. She needed, she needed to be around God's people. And so do we. And it'll make you look a little crazy. <laughs> I mean.
2: People usually do You that. know
0: what? You know what? You got to be willing to look a little crazy mm-hmm. in order to be all in. Mm-hmm. And I think Ruth demonstrates that beautifully. I really do. It it's
2: really demonstrates that beautifully. And God took care of her in the end. You know? For sure. When we put our faith in him. Yeah. He takes care of us.
0: Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And not only her, but you look at Naomi at the end of that story.
2: Took care of her too.
0: She, she was blessed to pieces. Yeah. At the end of the story, she's like rejoicing Mm -hmm. with the rest of Bethlehem Mm -hmm. over what God did. And, and, you know, and this child that's born great, great grandfather to King David.
2: So great, 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 great grandfather to Jesus. Yep. Yep. That's wild.
0: It's so wild. So wild. I feel like this story is so many layers. Oh my gosh. We could sit here forever and talk about this. I'm really glad you're back on the show.
2: I know I'm wild, y'all. I think I said some crazy things for a season. I watched back. I was like, mm. Mm. I don't know if that was biblically correct.
0: Well, I, I'm not even lying when I tell you that, like, requested. So, yeah, when I say back by popular demand, I'm not joking. <laughs> I mean, there was I'm, demand. I am
2: cray cray. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I'm just, i just going to be mean. Amen.
0: Well, where can the people find you? And Off Mic with Ivory.
2: You can find me on Instagram. Uh, my Okay, so my personal Instagram is Ivory McDonald's official. Yep. And my off mic um, page is off mic with ivory, on Instagram, and. This is YouTube. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the episodes are on my YouTube, and you can just search for it by searching Ivory McDonald or mm-hmm. off mic with ivory, mm-hmm. and it'll show up both ways.
0: And then on, you're on all the streaming, the Spotify, Apple. Oh podcasts. yes, it's
2: on um, Apple Podcasts. It's on uh, Spotify, and YouTube. And people download subscribe like all of the things
0: because um she's got amazing content and not just for worship leaders like you you have great content that makes makes any christian truly think through what it what it means when we worship what it means to to enter into the presence of god and you are not afraid to go in and that's why i love you i love I love thank those you. episodes. There's thank one in particular about mental health that I was like,
2: Aww. "We was all crying by oh, the end of that episode." <laughs>
0: oh. oh yeah, oh yeah. No, there were tears. There will be tears. Her, her content is fantastic. So thank you, sis. Yes, um, but thanks again.
2: And for do being all the here. things uh, like share, subscribe, <laughs> buy the book. Oh my gosh. Buy the book. Okay, if you support support kingdom authors seriously support between the lines where all books are sold
0: thank you so much for for joining us for another episode look forward to seeing you on the next one
2: bye